0: This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Low underscore podcast. Here we are. Ray, could it be the final episode? Uh, We'll see. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, I might be suffering from, they call it podcast burnout. It's a a new thing these days. Anyhow, um, so yeah, we might be back next week. We'll we'll see if we've got other stuff to talk about. But um, this is season three episode. I'm going to go with nine or ten, Ray. I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, we had a pretty action-packed last week. Um, so we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Um, if you want to fast forward, we do have our guest tonight is uh, Coach Miguel Figueres. Um, he was running the prep cast for the district championship and third place game, and we thought we would have him on um, to get his views of that game. So um, you can fast forward a little bit to that. Um, but as usual, Ray, welcome. Glad to be here, guys. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, question of the week. And new question of the week, Ray, it looks like we're skipping right over that and we're jumping into the recap of the games. And you have noted down that the great and honorable Coach Don Casey predicted the tournament pretty well. What do you mean by that, Ray?
1: Yep, and that's why we always have him on. I mean, last
0: week... He's a prophet. He's a prophet.
1: Yeah. Last week when we talked, I mean, he, he gave us a pretty good rundown of the remaining uh, eight teams left in the tournament. And uh, his predictions turned out... Almost exactly as uh, as the games had had it turn out. So uh, yeah, it was it was a great week of polo and uh, enjoyed watching all of it. I mean, the games on Tuesday started out on Tuesday. Uh, we had two games over at MICDS, two games over at Lindbergh. Uh, some close games there, uh, but I think the the highlight, the closest game was the uh, MICDS Lindbergh game, which uh, MICDS won in sudden death overtime, eleven to ten. I was fortunate enough to catch the end of that game through uh, FaceTime on your phone coach, but, uh, you, you, you were <laughs> low poolside. on battery,
0: but Ray, I knew you wanted to see it. So it was yeah. pretty exciting. Uh,
1: you were poolside though. You want to yes. talk a little bit about I'll that? I'd be one? happy
0: to chat about it. Um, so, you know, it was an interesting game because uh, looking back at records, uh, Lindbergh and MICDS had not faced each other. Um, and so, you know, we've, we have played MICDS a couple of times already, um, so we kind of knew what to expect with them. And I think on um, the first part of the game, Lindbergh was kind of trying to feel out how they wanted to go about uh, tackling the, the problem of Phillip. MICDS was actually able to kind of get on the scoreboard there. Um, and I think at one point it was 4-2. Um, and, and I mean, you know, credit to Lindbergh, man. They threw everything they could at, at MICDS. And, you know, they hit the crossbar, shot over the goal. Goalie made a good save. Um, you know, they they were just inches away from putting it away. Every time I kept thinking, oh, they tied it. They're going to go up. You know, MICDS came back down and scored a goal. You know, congrats to MICDS. Um, takes nothing from Lindbergh, though. They had a hell of a season. They got a great team, great coach. Um, and I know that was, they were they were pretty disappointed in how that all ended. So that's about all I got on that.
1: And then I was over uh, MICDS watching those games. Uh, SLU came out strong, defeated Ledoux 15-4. to Parkway South defeated DeSmet 8-5. to So um, those set up the Thursday matchups in which Parkway South played SLU. Uh, Slew on that game 11 to three. And then the MICDS West game was another game that turned out a little bit unexpectedly. I I was expecting a little bit larger margin of victory for West, but uh, MICDS came out strong. West was able to win that game nine to seven. But uh, once again, great coaching job by coach Don Casey and getting that MICDS team to play some strong games this last week, making their first final four appearance since 2013 just some fun games to watch with MICDS.
0: Well, for other people, not for me. Yeah, too. yeah, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I, <laughs> I, it was, it was, it was definitely a nail biter. And you know, we, we played them twice already, and. And I told our kids ahead of, ahead of the game, I go, we want to play fast. And I said, I feel like they want to play slow and slow the tempo down. I said, don't let them do that. Um, and, you know, I think within the first 30 seconds, 40 seconds, they drew a five-meter, scored a goal. Um, you know, it was kind of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But in the end, um, you know, we settled down that back half of the game um, and were able to kind of hold on to that two-goal lead. And, and I told the kids after the game, when we went to Chicago and, and all the conference games and stuff we played, we've played in so many close games. Um, that I think that definitely helped us in, in the long stretch of that game. So it was uh, it was a lot closer than I, I wanted. Um, but, you know, in the end, it was a W. So i relatively happy.
1: Talking a little bit more about MICDS. I was impressed. I mean, we've already touched on Philip, but uh, John Carrillo for MICDS. Number 12, uh, yes. Played well, impressive. yeah, number 12. And uh, as Coach Casey talked about last week, their goalie, uh mika played it played yeah, great on thursday big, and definitely had, had some big saves uh throughout last week yeah overall great from my cds
0: right. so then we rolled into i guess we're just going to the days of the week coach uh then we rolled into friday and friday we had the jv championship at Lindbergh. Uh, and ray i was poolside and i might have seen you there uh the place was rocking would you agree i would agree i mean that's kind of what we predicted and it was great atmosphere for both
1: third place and first place games.
0: Right, and so in the third place game, uh, Lindbergh over CBC 10-8. to I think they actually went down early, um, but kind of stormed back and, and finished strong. At least that's what Coach Gomer had mentioned to me. Um, and so that was pretty exciting for them. Um, and then in the first place match, uh, back and forth, I think Slew went up 1-0 early and then it was tied 1-1. And I mean, it sat pretty low scoring for, for quite some time, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the, the JV game very much mirrored the state championship game on the varsity side. Both uh, Slew and West, both teams played great defense and uh, low-scoring game. Parker West came away with the 7-3 to victory. I, I, I was officiating the games. So all criticisms can be directed at me. But <laughs> well-played JV water polo game. That's, I mean, that's what I enjoyed about Friday in general. I mean, throughout the week, we saw some good... JV teams, but in the lindbergh CBC game, uh, Lindbergh came away with the victory there, but CBC has a couple of very good freshmen. Uh, I was very impressed with what Coach Michael's showing off has been, been able to accomplish at CBC. On the
0: rise, on the rise. Yeah, that,
1: I mean, you know those JV teams uh, will be showing up at the varsity level in a couple of years, and Michael's done a great job. Um, he called a couple of timeout plays in that game, and just about every timeout play he drew up ended up in a goal for uh, CBC. Lindbergh was able to outlast them. Coach Gommer did a nice job with that team as well, but great third place game, and then uh, as we talked about in the championship game, 7-3 was the final. Two of those goals by Parkway West, I think, were scored in the last minute or so, so for most of the game, it was a one- or two-goal game. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, number three, I believe, Will uh, Bonnet, I believe, um, for Parkway West. He played really well. Parkway West did a couple other other players that definitely contributed. Slews, uh, Cooper Scharf, who definitely has some speed, uh, was able to put that to use early in the game. But Parker West did a pretty good job of adjusting to it. But, yeah, overall, I mean, I, from everyone I talked to on deck, it was, I mean, it was a fun fun game to watch. I want to throw a shout-out to Coach Brian Welch, I think, Coach, this is uh first, first JV, JV championship. championship. Yeah, the boys, yeah, the
0: boys and him were excited. They were pretty pumped. So, Yeah, and
1: we've known Coach Walsh. I mean, you've known him longer than yeah. I have, but uh, he, he does a great job. I mean, the JV coaches definitely prepare these kids for varsity, and part of the reason you guys have been successful is because of his, his coaching. So. I'm keeping um, him around.
0: Nobody trying yeah, to hire him away.
1: Yeah, right. Got it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So congrats to Parkway West, JV team. Uh, great, great one for them. Alrighty. And then uh, moving over to varsity on Saturday, Parkway South took third place in that by beating MICS 13-8. I saw you a friend earlier today who was very impressed with Parkway South's performance uh, in that game and pointed out that uh, they had five goal scores over 50 goals, which really highlights the balance of that team and once again, first time since, I believe, 2011-2012, Parkway South, is in the Final Four, another another great uh, yep. accomplishment for that team. So we'll talk a little bit
0: more about that with Miguel a little All bit right, later. Cool. Jumping to water in the news, um, Greg Uptain was working overtime this past week. Uh, I saw him at the RecPlex uh, twice, uh, I guess once on Thursday and then once on Saturday. And uh, Ray, you want me to read this quote you have in here? Uh, go ahead. I, okay. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it well, and and this quote might I add, I, I asked my athlete, I said, did you say power train or power turn? And he goes, uh, I think I said power train. And I was like, all right, well, it sounds good. <laughs> um, and this was a part of a game. I guess we were playing at my CDS and, uh, Walker piles Parkway West athlete turned somebody and went to score and then I immediately pulled him out cuz he was tired but his quote was I usually just try to power train guys with that one I kind of brought him in and then spun him piles said after that I needed a Gatorade and a nap I was really <laughs> tired so uh kudos to Walker I I had to I talked to my two assistants Brittany and, and Brian and we we all agreed that was probably the best newspaper quote from an athlete we've ever had in our coaching career. So, <laughs> thank you. Walker. I enjoyed that one too. pulled pulled that one out. But yeah, yeah, great, uh, great weekend
1: for Walker. And uh, saw that play. It was a real nice play on on that
0: one. Yeah. So. And so, uh, thanks to Greg, you wrote a, a good write up on the on those games on Thursday night, and then obviously he was there on Saturday night. And Um, I've tweeted out and I know Slew's tweeted out and I know everybody else has tweeted out his articles at stltoday.com. So make sure you guys go read them. Um, I think he's got some photos up also from the state championship um, that are, that are linked probably to the story. So, you know, if you're, if you, if you need something to do, check those out.
1: Yeah. He he started uh, last Saturday with the Parkway Central Marquette game and then had three uh, subsequent articles over the past week. So told Greg, we really appreciate his work. And I'm sure, they're going to have uh, another article on Water Bowl in the next couple weeks recapping the
0: season. But as we've already said all year, go, go check those yeah, out. Cool. Uh, all right, uh, Greg Mescal in USA Water Bowl, you've got something marked down about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, Greg.
1: so uh, after, after the games this last weekend, I was in contact with Greg, um, just giving him the details on these Greg Uptain articles, um, sent him over some pictures of the final, uh, the top three teams in the state, as well as a few other picks. Um, that I had from the weekend. Uh, today he tweeted out uh, with a link to the prep cast, but it looks like uh, he said that the next few days he's going to try tweet, and tweet some stuff about Missouri water polo. So uh, thanks as always to USA Water Polo for supporting water polo in Missouri and just keep an eye on the
0: USA Twitter, USA Water Polo Twitter account uh, for any further details. All right. And then, Rolling into some oddball topic of discussion I have written down here. First, I want to thank Lori Griffin. She did a great job on the uh booklet that everybody got a copy of hopefully while they were at um some of the district uh tournament. Um and Ray, I noticed we had a uh, we had a I think a full page uh <laughs> for the New Side Low podcast, so we want to send a huge thanks to her for uh giving us a little bit of props. Maybe we maybe we gained some new listeners. I hope so.
1: Amen. I I mean, a lot of work goes into getting all those rosters and stuff. And Lori did an awesome job. That's one of the better looking booklets that I've seen. So I, and we definitely really appreciate that, that Mm -hmm. ad as well.
0: Uh, And that rolls us into the all-star game. And I just have a quick thanks to, where do we always have the all-star game, Ray?
1: Lindbergh High School. Lindbergh
0: High School. So we know that Coach Butler is always, always working overtime for us. um, Trying to keep everybody happy. So, um, we appreciate him letting us use Lindbergh as I know he will have to probably be there to help supervise and keep an eye on everything. So, Coach Butler, we do appreciate it. And we look forward to hope being there next year and the year after and the year after. Anyhow, uh, talk to us about times and games and banquets and all that other good stuff on May 15th, Ray. What do we got?
1: Yeah, so May fifteenth is uh, this coming Wednesday. Those of you listening to this right after we put it out, 4.30 p.m. will be the girls game. So any girls in the area can come out for that game. Uh, 5-15 will be the Senior All-Star Game. Those rosters can be found on the Missouri Water Polo website. Uh, Those teams are going to be coached by uh, Coach Don Casey, uh, Coach John Penelia, and Coach Brett Walters, the uh, three conference coaches of the year. And then starting around 6 p.m. is when we're going to give out the awards. Uh, And you have our annual awards banquet. So for each of these events, or so for the whole thing, it will cost $5. So just make sure to have that at the door. Um, I've heard uh, you've got a great MC for the banquet. So uh, definitely Uh -uh. not going to miss that.
0: (laughs) Please don't yell at me from the back and say you can't hear me. I promise I'll talk loud the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, uh, all right. Uh, How about the board meeting? We've mentioned this once, but we want to jump on it again. You want me to just read that real quick? Yeah, go for it. All right, Missouri Water Polo Annual Board Meeting is again at seven o'clock on Wednesday, May 29th. The meeting will be at Oak Bend Library Branch at 842 Holmes Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri 63122. It's near the intersection of 44 and Big Bend in Kirkwood. And I know there are some board member or there's some board positions that need to be filled, including El Presidente Ray. Do you have any interest in running? I, I no. think I've
1: already <laughs> hit, hit my goal. Yeah, so yeah. it's not going to be me. But right. um, we we definitely need people to show up and support it. There's a lot of cool initiatives that uh, this board's going to be working on, and so we'd love to see some parents, coaches uh, there to help. The more not, more hands not, to help.
0: You do not have to be on the board. To be involved and help out, so you know Absolutely. if you just want to go and hear what they have to say and maybe help out with something, then feel free to do that. But there will be some positions available, and we hope that some people are interested. Um, upcoming tournaments and games. Well, other than the All Star Game, Ray, you have qualifiers at Indiana. What qualifiers might those be?
1: Yeah, so Jo's uh, Junior Olympics is coming up right around the corner. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more with Miguel, but uh, that'll be June 14th through 16th. Uh, at Indiana University this year. All the all the qualifiers will be at one site. So it uh, should be pretty exciting. I know there's going to be a couple teams from St. Louis that are going to be sending teams up there. So um, hopefully some of you are thinking about playing this summer and we'll be at those qualifiers. Uh, there's going to be a lot of games. We're also going to talk about with Miguel this summer. One of my favorites is always the Clayton Men's Tournament. Uh, this year we're going to be having teams from Columbus, uh, Virginia, a couple teams from Chicago, so, it should be a pretty pretty diverse group this year of teams uh, and a lot of good out of town teams coming in so uh, hopefully you
0: guys will be around in July to see those games as well All right, so if you stick around, we're gonna have uh, coach Miguel on here shortly um other than that, uh farewell listeners farewell uh we'll uh We'll keep you posted via Twitter. Um, on what our plans are for this summer and uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll surprise some of you so ray you got anything you want to say to the, the 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 listeners before we sign off thanks for hanging along with us
1: we've enjoyed it we've enjoyed your feedback and uh always love talking about water pool in missouri
0: so thanks for listening along all righty this is charlie this is ray and this is the nearside low podcast signing off And here we are, Nearside Low Podcast, our special guest for this week, uh, Coach Miguel Figueres. Um, welcome, Coach. Glad to have you back. Thanks for having me back, guys. I appreciate it. Um, it was great seeing you on Saturday night. I don't I don't feel like I've seen you a lot so far this season. Uh, maybe you've been at pools that I haven't been at, but that kind of leads us into um, what have you been up to this spring since, uh, I guess, you left to spent uh, two years ago as a head coach, and um, you've obviously been still pretty busy with water polo. so tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so this spring uh, I've been really primarily working with uh, the 14 and under uh, program, both uh, locally with our SLAP club, but also uh, within the zone on on both the boys' side and the girls' side on the ODP program. Um, So I've uh, been out to both the men's and women's ODP championships uh, with our uh, boys' development team back in early March, where we finished uh, 11th. Out of 16, and uh, the way the tournament is set up, to to get 11th place for us is 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 a big deal because we win win in seeded around 15th or 16th, and if you're in the 13, 14, 15 or 16th seed, uh, the best you can do is ninth, uh, automatically. It's sort of a relegation thing going on with that, where you gotta improve your your uh, where your where you finished to to potentially get to the top tier. And on the girls' side, we ended up playing in the Constellation Championship and took 10th. Uh, so that was really exciting for for us in the zone. And then a uh, few weeks later, back out in California for the boys' uh, national team selection camp at the development side. And coming up at the end of May, we'll be out again uh, for the girls uh, under uh, for the development side. In addition to that, like I said, I've been working with the SLAP program. Tried to get to a few games. I was able to get to a couple at the Lindbergh invite. Coach uh, Squires was kind enough to invite me to sit on the DeSmet <laughs> bench. So that was a lot of fun. I, I got to do that and uh, uh, against uh, the, the team from uh, one of the Chicago teams, St. Charles. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun being around those boys again. I got to a few practices this year along uh, over at, at the, the DeSmet team. We were able to set up one Kind of scrimmage we had. We thought we went into uh, the slab season with exactly seven high school players who attended a a high school that didn't have polo. But at the last minute, uh, one of them decided he just uh, he he wasn't going to be able to, to. to, to continue. And especially playing seven, you know, the go Ironman all season was going to be a challenge for some of these guys, but we were able to persevere and still, uh, you know, those kids did a lot of scrimmaging with our 14 u kids. So that certainly helped give, give those guys an opportunity to play, but also gave them uh, the younger kids a chance to play against some more experienced guys. And then uh, coach Crockett called at the dis- time, just around the time of the, uh, Founders' Cup, and uh, his JV was already competing in a tournament. He had some kids that couldn't make it, so he, rather than drop out, he opted to take four fits and accept our four, four or five guys, and they played with them, so that was a kind of a cool experience for them. And that was Pattonville, right? That was at Pattonville. Did I say... Did I say, I'm sorry, if I said that no, no, you Coach Procket, said Coach Crockett. Yeah, I
1: just wanted to make sure Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So uh, you've obviously been traveling a lot. It seems like just about every weekend you've been gone. So we were lucky to have you uh, back in St. Louis this last weekend to help with the prep cast. Uh, always excited to have the prep cast for the third place game, and the championship game. And uh, you and Andy Wool did a great job uh, commenting on those games. Talk a little bit about your observations from Saturday night and some of your Thoughts on first the Parkway South MICDS game and then the SLU Parkway West championship game?
2: First off, I, w- I would like to thank Andy because he's the one that uh, kind of uh, got me into it. And um, he I think he does a great job on the play by play. And I've, you know, he's done it for a few years now. And he, you uh, know, was a little nervous last year. And, you know, he talked me through it and made me feel really comfortable. And, uh, you know, he did his thing and he was great to work with. And I think he does a nice job of calling the games. And, uh, would love it if, uh, you know, some of if, the if we don't just have to have it for uh, the championships. You know, it's possible, you know, when I was at DeSmet, we did have PrepCast out doing some of those games before at the DeSmet invite. So if uh, any other teams out there are looking for something like that, they can reach out to PrepCast. And I'm sure Andy and I would work really hard in our schedules to make it available to come out and do some of those tournament games or something. But uh, the, the, the third place game. Between uh, South and my CDS, was uh, I was uh, pretty impressed with, uh, you know, the way Marco Terzik was able able to handle himself uh, through his injury. It, you know, it looked a little bit earlier like, uh, you know, a few shots he took. He was tr- trying to get comfortable shooting with his right hand. Everything was right at the goalie. But once play started to go... Uh, i think you know it obviously went south way in terms of the game and i think they just wore wore down MICDS um, MICDS just just didn't have the a deep enough bench to keep up with them and uh it looked like you know obviously the MICDS strategy was let's find let's find philip let's get philip the ball you know they couldn't find they didn't seem to find him first half and second half when they when they finally were able to get in the ball uh ben gold the i i believe that's the goalie ben gold from parkway uh south Stepped up huge, and I was talking to the game after the game to Coach Mike McGinnis about that, and he was saying he was very impressed with with Ben's play. He thought that's one of the best games Ben had all all year, and I think those guys, uh, you know, South, uh, you know, they're just a tremendous team. And Charlie, you know, Coach McGinnis, it, it, it doesn't matter where those guys are ranked. You know, in 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 terms of if they're a top ten team, top four team, top ten, top, uh, you know, outside the top ten, you're always going to get a game from them. Scrappy. He's always got oh, those. Man. Yes, oh, they oh, they. Oh. <laughs> They always compete, and, and Mike, <laughs> <laughs> Mike gets the best out of them. And so they're a lot of fun to watch. Um, and also, you know, I think that it was kind of neat to see uh, Coach Casey get back there into the Final Four with that group especially. Um, certainly it's no secret that Phillip really, you know, carried that team in a lot of games. But, you know, to see the play of John Carillo, Davis Johnson, how Mika Shapshevich in goal really stepped up uh, this season and, and just the work the kids put in, in the off season to, to get this far again. And, and I you know Andy referenced in the broadcast, how they were a, a second tier team, meaning coming from that middle conference to get in there. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, a credit to to coach Casey and how hard, what a great coach he is, as we all know, and how hard those kids worked, you know, to, to get in that position, um, to, for the game. So,
1: yeah. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the game a little bit earlier, but a couple of things that really impressed me with South, as I talked about was just the even distribution of uh, contributions. I mean, especially that was highlighted on Saturday night with, um, I thought Zach gay played an excellent game. He was guarding Phillip, I think primarily for a lot of the game. Uh, he did a great job. Adam has had a couple really nice sweep shots. Uh, Zach Ward was involved um, in a number of goals. He was swimming all over the pool uh, Ryan Hilgendorf had uh, that that nice tip in uh, right near the goal, um, and then Alex Tursic also had uh, a couple nice shots, and we've already touched on Marco. So very even distribution amongst the team, and that's I mean that's really what you like to see from from a from a team, just an effort uh, that everyone can contribute to. So was very yeah, impressed with South.
2: I, I agree, and, and you know, and and to, to your credit about Alex Tursic, I mean it's a. Uh, So excited to see him playing this year. I mean, not many people may know his story, but, you know, um, I've been fortunate enough to have both brothers. And I know they've kind of split time between Jungle Cats and Slap. But uh, a few years ago when Alex was, uh, I believe, seventh grade, he uh, actually, uh, you know, he was prone to seizures. And he actually had a seizure in the pool, went under and was actually unconscious in a practice, in a 14U practice, and our coach JD Shrewsbury dove in, uh, pulled him out, and had to uh, perform CPR on him. And he was not breathing and no pulse, and JD was able to to, to, to perform CPR. And uh, you know that's been a you know kind of a, a really cool thing to see that relationship not only between those two, but see Alex back and. You know, and I know it's a real special thing. Um, a lot of people may wonder, oh, who's that extra coach <laughs> at Parkway South? Well, that's uh, Nikola Terzik. That's his father who's, you know, I always have a parent on deck because he has been prone to those seizures. To see him playing this year when we thought he might be hanging up was so cool, especially with the fact that he got to play with his older brother and, uh, you know, this year at South. So it was a, it's a really neat story.
1: Right. All right, and How then uh, yeah, go ahead, coach. Should talk about the championship game. <laughs> Take it
2: Title away. Title game.
0: I'm not
2: saying well, anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Charlie, congratulations. I know it's certainly not the result you guys wanted, but I think your kids—you you could tell they had a game plan. You guys worked so hard, and it was—it was a really exciting, exciting game. Uh, you know, it was—it was fun, fun to watch. I'm sure it was really. Uh, probably, you know, you both of you had some, had some emotional investment in the game. Right, so right. it's probably a little bit more for for each of you guys to to take in. Uh, and so but to, to see how hard those kids played and was was really fun being on the sidelines for that to have an overtime game with two very equally balanced and competitive teams. Uh, neither team wanted to quit. You could tell that there was fight in everybody right into the end. I thought, from, from the beginning both teams started out very fast you know the speed of the game was was at, at a high level um, and there were some mistakes both ways I thought on the passing uh, for sure you know the first play down uh, you know Ray Michael, Michael your brother took, takes that like 5-6 meter backhand well wide of the cage and uh, you know and then a couple plays down there were just some, some plays back and forth where there were some steals some you know, it all. And I think I don't. I can't remember if it was Charlie, you, or John that called that first time out just to settle things down. Just you know, probably remind the guys this is a varsity championship game, not a JV. Let's protect the ball a <laughs> little more because there there were some passes that were just off the mark Aaron, a little bit. Yeah, way.
0: oh yeah, totally. It was a lot of scrambling back and forth.
2: Yeah, and I and I think. Uh, that set the tone uh, for kind of the flow of the game, how, how it was dictated, how it was officiated, et cetera. I think in the first quarter, I saw a couple inside water, uh, front water calls that both Andy and I were wondering. Uh, you know, there's ordinary fouls, and it looks like it, it after the first period, uh, Bill and, and and Steve talked to each other, and you didn't see any more of that. However, if there were 50-50 balls, they were clearly 50-50 balls. Uh, they made sure they didn't really call anything right there you really had to fight and protect that ball um i thought on the perimeter and once once i think both teams settled in you you kind of saw a little bit more of the game plans kind of work their way you know, work work your way through and te- teams were teams were working you had to work really hard away from the ball to to, to free up to get open both teams like depressed the there were a lot of picks a lot of you know weak side drives um you know backdoor drives that were there i did think at times uh Teams were looking for that. It almost looked like some, you know, English Premier League corner kicks, cr- some cross passes going to the middle, just kind of throwing them up and see if we can go get them. At times, but uh, for for the most part, I thought it was a really well played game when both teams were on, you know, and had it had the flow, the momentum, and to see, like I said, you know, the guys, the guys really had to work hard, and and uh, and that was that was a lot of fun to 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 be right there for that game. So.
1: Talk a little bit about, I I obviously saw the game on Saturday. I watched it again last night. One thing that stood out to me second time watching it, but also at the game was just the level of goalie play. I mean, coach Casey talked about that uh, last week about how goalies can make a huge difference in title games. But I thought both Eric Jensen over Parvey West and John McKay both played exceptional games and probably contributed a whole lot to the score being six to five as the
2: final. Oh yeah, de- definitely. I mean, both goalies uh I thought stepped up huge. There were a couple saves that um I think it was one right near the end of a maybe it's halftime or third quarter. Uh it was moving to his upper maybe it's I can't, I can't remember if it was upper right or upper left corner. It looked like it was going in. He was able to pull that down, tip that out. A couple series right there uh where he made some really really top-notch saves. Just to, just to shut him down, shut West down. Um, on the other side, you saw Jensen come up huge. There was the one I thought he, he felt he, – it looked to me like he realized he made a mistake, came out too late. It was the one where Michael uh, wow, was overstay. able to lob yeah. it over, and you saw him kind of shake that off to his team, take responsibility. And then he was pretty aggressive about coming out. And right there in, in the overtime when he came out and uh, was able to steal the ball, uh, you know, no, no problem with that. You saw some big saves, and there was there was a couple ones. A Side low. <laughs> I'll reference the podcast again, <laughs> and uh, uh, a shot out of it's set. To go would, in, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, the goalies were on those. They were. He was ready for that. Um, and you know, it, it was it was fun to see. You know, uh, two teams like that, but yeah, to have the goalie play because you didn't know it wasn't. Uh, it, you know a couple times there were some some uh, one on goalie situations both goalies came up huge yeah. there oh, yeah. and made some great stops. so I was impressed with that one, so
1: so uh, yeah, great great end of the season uh, great way to wrap up uh, water pool in St. Louis for the spring so um, one of the stories we've been talking about all season long has been uh, the reemergence of more girls playing water pool in the area, and I know that's something. Uh, you've been involved with the zone level uh, for girls' water polo. Um, talk a little bit about uh, your thoughts on women's water polo in St. Louis going forward and some of the things we can do to keep girls' water polo growing.
2: Yeah, so uh, about a year ago, I was approached by uh, Brian Linton, who's our ODP tactical director and who was my head coach when I was the assistant on the development team, and he said, you know, we're trying to get some more people involved in the girls' side Um, would you consider taking it over? You still work on the boys as the development coach in our zone, but would you take over the girls? And, you know, so I, I, sure, I'd you know, if that's where you want me. And then they sent me to Hungary last summer with our girls futures team. And then, so I got a lot of experience working with the girls and talking to, uh, you know, some really top level female coaches. I was with Nikki Davidson, who's the assistant coach at UCSD and the head development coach on our women's side. And you know, you know, one of the things that I did bring up is kind of the fact that, you know, girls, we are playing co-ed here. Uh, and, you know, she said that, you know, that's that's a real cool thing that we've got these girls that are playing, you know, getting the girls to play. Uh, you know, if we can if there's an opportunity to get all girls teams, you're going to see the development of that step up to a different level. And I think we've seen that with the fact that we've been uh, we've had some girls uh, from the area go out and play uh, with other clubs to JOS. Most recently, Terrence Weifel was playing with, with, uh, Moose and you see, she's heading off to Indiana. We've had a couple, I know from our club, Katie Kaliszewski, who went out again with Moose and she's currently at Cal Baptist playing, uh, and, uh, Nicole Thompson, who was a Ledoux player went off with Spartan. She's playing actually over in Europe right now. And, uh, we've also seen, you know, we've got a young player, Gretchen Hoff, who, uh, was a freshman this year at Lindbergh. Last year, we hooked her up with the Foothill Water Polo Club, and I know you guys are familiar with them. When you go out for JOs, you always SHS. train with them. Correct. And uh, they loved her. They loved her a lot, and she did so well, and uh, you know so well that uh, she has decided they are, she's transferring to a school out there. will finish her sophomore, junior, and senior year uh, playing at, uh, I believe it's Dos, Oso, Dos Ojos High School in that area, and uh, her opportunities are going to you know, I think uh, exponentially up, yeah. increase. Yeah. So, you know, for our girls here, I think if we can continue to grow that, um, you know, I know there was talk and Coach Wackerly, you know, when he talked with you guys, talked about uh, the amount of girls playing. I, I would love it if it's there's a possibility that the girls could have their own separate championship. I mean, if there's a way to include some girls that they're still allowed to play in the boys championship or the boys tournament, if they're an integral part of that team and they're still allowed to play on their, their JV team, if they're an integral part of that team. But, you know, essentially why, you know, we should be able to, to, to do that. I think, um, you know, and and you start-
0: we're, like, we're an emerging
2: sport. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what That's I've been right. told. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, getting a separate girls championship and this was a conversation I had with uh, just, a couple days ago with Joe Lenahan, who's the USA director of growth. Uh, we're on a monthly call about growth around the country and um, he and I were I was sharing this information with about girls. He said, yeah, if you guys are that close, you, you just need to do it. And, you know, don't worry about the repercussions of that, <laughs> you know, uh, rather than ask permission, ask for forgiveness. So set it up, just do it, create it. And you're going to see the girls, you know, those teams that are struggling to get, six, seven girls, all of a sudden they're going to get 10, 12. Uh, you know, if we say this is an opportunity for, you know, uh, one of the all girls, high school, t- all girls schools around here to jump on board, you know, next thing you know, um, I think they'll they'll come in waves um, and we got to think outside the box. It can't be, well, it's not going to work because it's got to be, we need to make it work in spite of whatever these obstacles are. And I know um, that's one of the topics that uh, John O'Sullivan, um, the outgoing president of Missouri water polo said is going to be discussed at the upcoming meeting at the end of this month.
0: All righty, cool. Uh, all right. So moving on, uh, let's talk about opportunities for summer polo. We've got kind of in our notes here, Uh, Summer League for high school, um, any other tournaments in the Midwest you want to touch on. um, Talk to us about that for, for kids that are interested in playing this summer.
2: Sure. Well, uh, you know, we've got several club opportunities. Uh, I know that a lot of the club coaches are invested in some way in the high school season. So with that wrapping up, I would look for signups going on. Um, You know, coach bought is usually does a great job of getting all the signups out uh, with uh, the jungle cats program. Uh, You know, coach Butler's got a a gateway program. He runs out of Lindbergh coach MD, uh, who's also an official in the area has mad dog program, um, they run out of combination, usually Marquette, Lafayette High Schools. Um, and, uh, you know, Coach Casey uh, works out of MICDS with the DAISY program. Uh, we actually share the, the pool space with them in the summer with our 16-U team from SLAP, St. Louis, Harry Polo. And we've got our 18-Us and our 14-Us playing. So we, uh, we're, we're pushing for uh, four levels for JOs of 14-U boys, 16-U boys, 18-U boys, as well as uh, – A Girls program. Uh, If we get enough 18-year girls, we'll go that route. If we get enough 16-year girls, we'll go there. But, uh, you know, that's that's going on on the age group side. Uh, Senior men's, obviously, for you guys that are graduating. uh, Come on out with the the Clayton senior men's team. Uh, We'd love to have all these new faces um, that Ray can tell you about, too. He and I are teammates on this team. We go Tuesday, Thursday nights and Sunday mornings over at Shaw Park. Um, and we also have, if you're not into maybe the, that as much competitive side, we do run uh, a league uh, for, we call it the Open League. Mainly it's uh, college graduates um, and, and on up. It's on a, you know, you can form a team and play a Wednesday nights throughout the summer. That's in a, uh, usually middle of June. It goes through the first of August. Charlie, I've seen you out there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a few times. Yeah, that was a
0: while ago, but yeah, thank you. <laughs>
2: and uh, yeah, and then we, you know, we'll through Coach Casey. Uh, he'll run and Coach Miller from the slap program and who was over at Ledoux. He and, he and he and Coach Casey have set up the the summer league. that goes Tuesday Thursday nights. Um, so that's everything going on in town, out of the town. I know within the zone, uh, we've got um, there's a couple tournaments coming up in. Towards the end of June, there's one in Ohio. I believe it's the 22nd, 23rd. Um, That's the Jose Serda Memorial Tournament that uh, uh, Coach Helwig from Sycamore, who came in here, who's got a St. Louis connection, he he helps with that. Um, And there's also the following weekend, the Great Lakes Classic, that's going to be up at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Um, and they have all levels of play 14U, 16U, 18U, and then um, girls' side as well. And uh, we'll also be part of, I know Coach Colleen from McKendree is coming up uh, along with, and I'm going up there as well to the uh, Chicago Showcase, which is essentially a college combine. There's college coaches coming in, as well as John Abdu, our high performance director from U.S. Water Polo, runs this uh, to put you in good gives athletes an opportunity to be in front of collegiate coaches uh, in a camp-style setting. It's run by mostly college coaches and uh, our zone coaches as well help out with that. Um, and that's uh, the 22nd, 23rd uh, up in Chicago. And finally, I know, Ray, you touched on it, the, uh, the Junior Olympic qualifier that, that's coming up. So that's going to be the June 14th through 16th, and that's going to be on the campus of Indiana University, Um, that is the location where what used to be the Speedo Cup held out at the RecPlex has kind of moved around is now, uh, called the Champions Cup and it's played on the campus of Indiana University. And, uh, you know, we've been up there for that as a club several years ago, uh, when, uh, we just, and we got to play in that event. It's really cool being on the college campus this year. It's going to look a little different because, um, the, uh, the two courses inside are actually being turned into three courses, so it's going to be a little bit tight. Uh, the, one of the pools that they'd hoped to use in the in the region is going to be worked on, so um, it might be a little bit more narrower than everyone expects, but uh, what the cool thing is, if you remember last year with all the jail qualifiers in St. Louis, um, we still were somewhat spread out, but here everybody's going to be in one location, all within the same facility on the campus of IU. Uh, Visit Bloomington is the essentially the Chamber of Commerce is bringing this in. Um, and so we're able to, as a zone, this is um, something that we're able to do kind of as a fundraiser for the zone because uh, it used to be that zone membership helps support each zone. And that changed several years ago with, with, the zones being given the responsibility to create their own funds. So while other zones are able to put on tournaments and, and such like that, we don't have that opportunity zone wide because of everybody's high school seasons and every different swim seasons going on throughout the year. And so during the summer, we have a small little window. So bringing everybody together and doing this, we're able to, uh, some of these zone, some of these, uh, th- this, uh, the fund, the funding that's going that's being put up by Visit Bloomington will be coming back to the zone, and we could reinvest in some of the splash ball programs, um, the referee training, coaching clinics that uh, we've been doing throughout the year. And uh, I know, Ray, you've been an integral part of that on the zone board with me uh, trying to get this set up. So I, I think it's going to be a, a very positive for the zone all around.
1: Right, and the thing I'm, I'm, thing I'm most excited about is having everything at one location at Indiana University, which is fairly central, only about four hours or so from St. Louis, um, and that will allow if teams are taking out a 18-U team, the 16-U team. They can both cheer on each other and be at the same place um, all weekend. So it should really make for a, a better setup rather than us having to drive eight hours or another part of the zone having to drive eight hours to us. should be hopefully something we can keep doing year after year and be a great event, not only fundraising-wise, but also um, getting more teams involved and having just a great competitive weekend.
2: Yeah, and I think one of the topics that came up, and and really one of the the, the two driving forces, I think, behind this outside of Visit Bloomington was, you know, Ryan Kunane from U.S. Water who's our events director, and Coach Ryan Castle of Indiana wanted to really showcase his pool, and, you know, trying to get you know, a program started in that area. You know, the the, the, the goal is that within, uh, you know, hopefully next year we get more pool space that we can open up the the, the zone qualifier to non-teams that aren't necessarily trying for a JO right, spot. Right, so they can have a separate tournament, but they'll all be in this location. And, and I know, Ray, when you and I came on the board, one of our zone initiatives was to make the qualifier an event versus something that just Teams almost wanted to avoid to try to save money to go to California, because as well as you guys know, you go out there and you know if you're not if you're not getting high level games, you know all the time it's a it's a challenge and you know we saw you know a couple high level you know your high level game Charlie you guys just had with 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 Slu a couple nights ago yeah you guys are on the losing end of that but those kids got some invaluable experience you know and they're going to be able to to pull that forward you know carrying over into the summer. And uh you know that's that's the hope here that they they're able to to use that and 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 that's those are the type of games that we need more of in the zone.
0: Uh, Ray, you got anything else? <laughs> I do not All <laughs> right. Miguel, thanks for coming on. All right, thank you guys all so all much. Right. This is Side low podcast Sack it off.